Hi. Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Designs podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Brian Kennedy. He's the uh, VP over at uh, Electric Imp, and they're a company that uh, creates a uh, solution that allows you to connect other devices to the Internet. And it's all part of the uh, whole growing, of course, Internet of Things and bleeding over into Smart Grid and the whole automation of just about everything. Isn't that right, Brian? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, the, the big thing here, Brian, is our audience, you know, being in the electronic design community, I like to bring in uh, people sometimes to the show to give them an uh, a view into how the technology is developing, deploying, expanding in the marketplace, in the real world. And you, you're right at the cutting edge of it, so I wanted to make sure that we could bring you on so we could talk a little. Fantastic. So, um, right off the bat, when we talk about uh, connecting devices, what kind of uh, inter-device uh, protocols are you using beyond, say, Wi-Fi? Do you have a te- is, it, is this tethered to existing devices? Is it a power management device? Give me a little bit of an explanation of the core technologies behind what you're doing. Sure, Alex. <clears throat> so Electric Amp Solution, um, uh, we, we call, consider it a platform solution, and mm-hmm. it's really designed to be horizontal and connect a really incredibly broad variety of uh, devices and things to the Internet. Um, we like to say that pretty much anything with a battery or a plug can and should be connected to the Internet, and there's uh, increasingly great visibility for applications and value propositions for pretty much everything with a battery and a plug. Well, that's, that's, and actually, that's a very interesting um, way to put it, battery or plug, because at the end of the day, it's not just about functionality, it's also about energy. Yes, it is. And in fact, um, one of the hallmarks of our platform, um, it turns out our founder um, originally headed up hardware engineering for the design of the original iPhone. Uh, And then, by the way, uh, he also uh, headed up design for the original Nest uh, thermostat connected product. And one of the things that Hugo and his team are particularly um, skilled at is um, having owned the power budget for the iPhone, they had to have an incredibly detailed and in-depth understanding of power management in, uh, in all of its forms at an incredibly granular level. Uh, so one of the things when they architected our Internet connectivity platform, they paid particular attention, well, really to two things. Uh, one was security, but the other is power management. Uh, and our engineering team will always tell you every time we start with a design or an application or a use case, the first question they ask is, what's the power story? Because in addition to security, the power engineering typically dominates uh, the early phase of the design. Mm-hmm. Now, um, do you have some anecdotes, some challenges that you've encountered that uh, – either clients have encountered that you solved or situations that you've encountered that you directed your technologies to specifically solve? Yeah, so just um, so let me step back a little bit and give you a little perspective on the platform. Uh, so again, we make a horizontal connectivity platform. And that 
horizontal connectivity platform consists of essentially three things. Uh, there's some silicon devices involved on the device side. Uh, so there's an ARM processor, and today uh, our product uses a Wi-Fi radio. Uh, Long-term, we're radio agnostic, and we'll be using other wireless protocols in the future, uh, three, most notably 3G and 4G, which will come at the end of uh, this year. However, mm -hmm. today the product is based on Wi-Fi and an ARM processor on the device side. And then because it's connectivity in the cloud, um, we also operate a cloud service, a platform as a service, and the way the technology works, you wind up then having a fully programmable uh, virtual machine on the device side that's paired one for one with a persistent fully programmable virtual machine that runs on the cloud. Uh, so what that really does for you, you then have, uh, you can think of that persistent virtual machine in the cloud as being a proxy for the device. So anything or anyone anywhere in the world that wants to interact intelligently with that device winds up interacting with the persistent virtual machine in the cloud. And then our the magic of our technology is all the connectivity control and management of the device happens automatically from the cloud connection. Well, and when you think about it, the increased role of software in engineering and the importance of understanding both the hardware and the software side, what kind of assistance do your, uh, your uh, customers your, and uh, the community to best dial in your product, to best uh, utilize it? Well, so hardware and software, absolutely, uh, you know, increasingly, as everybody realizes today, needs to be integrated hand in glove. And really, I think the, the epitome of where that vision came for from everybody is what Apple achieved uh, with the iPhone, the iOS, and the uh, cloud. And what Apple showed everybody, it's not just the hardware, it's not just the software, but you have all this connectivity and security plumbing that happens in between. And this is, this is the piece because Apple uh, and Hugo and his team there did such a fantastic job of building that completely integrated experience at Apple, everybody takes for granted all the plumbing uh, for the security, manageability, provisioning, updating, control. It turns out that a massive amount of engineering work had to happen at that level, tying the, uh, the silicon and the semiconductors to the firmware running on the phone, to you know the broad variety of devices from screens and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth that have to work together uh, in, in a device like a connect phone. Phone, but <clears throat> the piece that people don't pay attention to because it happens so automatically is all of the security and the updating and everything that had to go on with that plumbing, and that's sometimes it's one of our biggest challenges is when people say, oh, you know, I want to connect something to the Internet. Well, that's easy. I get this little software kit, you know, that comes with my silicon, and away you go. Well, not so easy. You're leaving out typically 25, 30 man years worth of engineering that's required to get all that plumbing working and made invisible to the application, and that's what we do. Got it, got it. Well, and, and, and it is quite ambitious, and especially because when you think of something like 
the quote-unquote Internet of Things, right? It literally is everything. Anything you can – I mean, I've seen demonstrations of monitoring the uh, IGBTs in a rail car, in a train in Portugal from a trade show booth in Germany all the way, you know, to – microsensors implanted in someone trantele- you know, sending that medical telemetry to a doctor across the country. It's really phenomenal. Absolutely. It is phenomenal. And, you know, it's um, sometimes hard to do the thought experiment to, to put ourselves back in 1993 or 94 when this crazy little thing, the browser, came to everybody's attention. And, she, what can we really do with that? And if you really think of anybody's ability to imagine all of the things we were going to be able to do with the Internet and the browser, uh, which is really just the digital world. Um, Now take the entire physical world. And by the way, I misspoke earlier when I said that everything with a battery and a plug is going to get connected to the Internet. One of the mind-boggling things we see here at our company is um, you know, we see literally 10, 15 new use cases a day, and it reminds me of the creativity of the original days of the browser and the Internet in the mid-90s. If you saw the applications rolling in our door every day, I mean, it just it literally makes our head explode. We see some several things a day. So it's no longer just a battery and a plug. Now there's connected cows. Now there's connected soccer teams. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. So what this really is, the previous incarnation of the browser and the Internet was everything in the digital world got connected. Now it's everything in the physical world, you know, cows, trees, pets, people. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. I agree. It really is, Brian. Um, As much as I love to keep talking about this and we could go on forever because it's such a great subject and it's definitely a moving target. Uh, we are on a podcast and we have a limited time. But what I love to do and I always try to do at my show is give my guests the last word. So it could be a little bit more about um, what Electric Imp does or tip about uh, the marketplace or just something for our audience. But the floor is yours, Brian. Terrific. Well, let me say two things, and I know um, your audience uh, typically comes at this from kind of a power perspective, which is a topic that's almost as broad as the Internet of Things itself. But let me just take two dimensions on that uh, real quickly. So one is back to our device. Um, So because of our ability to manage power um, so carefully, Uh, people have actually made applications where, for example, with a connected sensor, we are actually able to make a Wi-Fi connected sensor that can run four years on two AA batteries. Uh, So don't try this at home yourself. That's incredibly hard to achieve, and it's taken a heck of a lot of engineering uh, to be able to squeeze that much performance out of that little power. So that's kind of thread number one. The other thread is what's so exciting to me about the world of power and the Internet of Things is, again, the mind-boggling number of applications we're now seeing uh, in the world of power. And, And you can think of that at many levels. But one of the most exciting ones for me is in the area of the smart grid, right? So what the grid really is today is a bunch of dumb copper uh, that goes all over the place. And to the extent there's now 
quote-unquote intelligence on the grid, well, there's certainly some instrumentation, for example, at the large power substations, and also whether it's a business or a home, we now have this um, you know, first flash of intelligence on the grid, uh, which is smart meters. And that's a very useful and powerful thing. But one of the, the great, I think, breakthroughs we're going to see now in the world of the smart grid and the power domain is what a company like Electric Imp enables. Um, so we just made an announcement last week at CES. Uh, one of our latest silicon partners, a great company called Marvell, has just come out with an integrated piece of silicon that our platform runs on top of that now in high volume, in high OEM volumes, for $2.50 now, you get an integrated piece of silicon, and then you put the IMP OS platform on top of that silicon. You can now connect up anything for what's now a $2.50 hardware cost. Well, that is mind-boggling. So if you think about that, now everything that's attached to those dumb wires, so one place that we think about that is downstream from the meter, uh, inside the business and inside the residence, literally everything attached to those dumb wires on the south side of the meter can now be intelligently accessible and interconnected. Uh, so if you think about the things you can do from power monitoring, power usage, uh, manipulating intelligently all of those devices consuming and competing for power, all of those devices can now be inexpensively and quickly and intelligently connected up to the big brain up in the cloud. And that's just mind-boggling at so many levels, whether it's hot water heaters, whether it's um, you know appliances in your house, um, whether it's lighting, whether it's irrigation, literally now everything becomes connected together to that symphony of connected devices. So the, the, the ability to really just change everything about how power is managed, controlled, and monitored, brought to every level to every device that connects anywhere. It's, it, it's quite eye-opening. I agree completely. I really do, Brian. And well, that's the nice thing about the engineering community. They are literally creating the future as they go along. So I'm always uh, impressed and I'm always uh, thankful at companies like yours that are helping to move the ball forward. Frankly, uh, there's so much potential out there, and we have to achieve it at every step. And this is where your community, again, back to that metaphor of the browser in 93 or 94, we can't wait to get our technology in the hands of all of your readers, uh, no, ma no matter if they're in low-power battery-operated devices or working on the smart grid, or appliances, or in the automotive domain. I mean, anywhere there's power in things, uh, they now have this outstanding platform to go ahead and implement their creativity. And that's where the great ideas are coming from. It's out there in the grassroots in the engineering community who takes a technology like this and works the magic that surprises us every day. <laughs> I agree with you. And, you know, like I said, I could talk forever on this, but what I want to do, Brian, is I'm going to bring you back to this show in a few months, maybe even a little quicker, and talk some more on the topic because, uh, as I said before, it's a huge, huge topic. And as you pointed out, it's 
uh, pervasive and ubiquitous because you can't get away from either at this point. So um, there's definitely lots of uh, cud to chew. So thanks again, Brian, and uh, we'll bring you back sometime. Fantastic, Alex. Appreciate the opportunity and we look forward to, uh, to talking again. Excellent. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the opportunity to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Pulse for Paul Tom Powell. Have a great day.